Solutionary, I'm going to talk about the Tao of business, right? In philosophy, I talk about the Tao of life, um, spirituality, um, philosophy, just general good old-fashioned living. Um, in Pragmatic Party, I talk about the Tao of politics. Is there a way to align uh, Tao with the truth and the way that our political discord goes? That one's the hardest at the current moment. And in Solutionary, I talk about the Tao of business, the flow, the pocket state, the right way of doing things, right speech, right action, right thought. I happen to believe, whatever, uh, I'm a shithead, who cares, but I happen to believe that business doesn't have to be counter to our health and well-being. You know, we've been taught this um, hyper-capitalist, hyper-progressive um, progress, 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 productivity, 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 you know, that it's come at the expense of our environment, of our health, of, of our mental health, um, of nature. I mean, how many species of animals are now extinct or near extinct because of overdevelopment? Um, the pollution in the sky, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, what people don't realize with that is this isn't just some foofy, you know, uh, liberal, oh, oh, you nature man, hugging trees shit. This is real. In business itself, there's a cost to pollution. So say this company pollutes and they don't pay any tax, extra tax for it or carbon tax. So they just, they're getting a free ride. We call that a free lunch in business, right? So they're putting that pollution in the sky. Well, say this other business has people who work for them near that business. And because of that pollution, they have extra asthma or lung illness or even get cancer and die. Well, that, that business now lost money and labor because of the results of this business. So it's not about being foofy or, or rigid. It's, it's just the truth of things. Everything is math in business, right? So there's a calculatable, calculatable effect of pollution, et cetera, et cetera. So my personal thought is, if we would have not had the Industrial Revolution, past 300 years of turning into machines and industrialization and factories, if somebody would have been talking like me back then and had actually caught and said, hey, why don't we build this sustainably? Like they used clean sources of energy and they had rules on pollution. And from the very beginning, we didn't just, you know, burn and run, burn and run, burn and run, right? We would have, had to, we would have been able to skip the step we have to do now, which is clean up the shit, clean up the mess, right? We see the effects of the environment on storms, Floods, hurricanes, et cetera, forest fires, it's happening, right? Those are real costs. Every one of these storms costs us like 30, 40 billion bucks. So for those of you who say we can't do climate change because it's bad for business, I say your type of business is bad for business and bad for our health and bad for the environment. There is a conscious way of doing business, right? Take this simplest example, solar instead of gas. The sun's always there. Scoop it, use it. Gas, burn it. Pollution. I mean, it's just, it's, this is not hard science to understand, right? So my personal views when it comes to conscious commerce, as I call it, is find businesses that help people, aid all stakeholders, not just the investors and the owners, because eventually that's going to hit a wall 
and the environment's going to take a hit. Our mental health is going to take a hit. Uh, well-being and joy is going to take a hit. We're seeing it all come to fruition right now. So we, we're seeing it very literally. This is not philosophical. This is the real effect, our real karma of our past actions. Now, the tough thing for us and people in my generation is this shit's been going on for 300 years before we even got here. So we can do our best for our own karma, uh, but we're also going to have to deal with societal karma. There's a bunch of bullshit that's got added up that we now got to take care of and clean, or it's going to kick us in the ass later. So on this first hustle solutionary, my main point is find conscious business, find a well-being type of business, do things that help and add value to people. Don't just sell them cigarettes and burn pollution. Find a way to do something in your own career, in your own businesses, in your own small businesses, for the big corporations. Find a healthier, more conscious way of approaching your business. But what the fuck do I know? Today I want to talk about manifestation. Have you ever had that feeling where you're thinking about somebody and then they call you? Or you have a feeling that something's starting to bother you and then that comes to a head that day? That would be a positive and a negative example, right? It's like whatever you think is what you attract. And I've noticed it a lot more with myself lately where if I'm thinking about something positive, it keeps on compounding and building. And if I think about something negative, even briefly, the next couple minutes to that day could be in flux to the point that I even check myself like idea to idea, thought to thought. So if I have a negative thought, I go, ooh, cut that off at the source. Like thoughts are like monkeys swinging from branch to branch. So if you can stop the, the monkey, the thought, before it swings into a downward spiral, catch it on that first branch, you're like, okay, put that to the side. <sighs> I appreciate life. I have gratitude towards life. I appreciate what I have, and I am abundant, and I am manifesting more. And then it happens. It happens. I swear to God, Jeebus, love, Tao, Hinduism, Judaism, whatever the hell you believe in, there's something metaphysical. It, it, it might even be some sort of um, quantum physics we don't quite yet understand yet. But there, there's a very real law of attraction that what you think and where you're at is what you attract. Like here's another example. You ever gone through a bad breakup and then after the breakup, the next couple pe people you meet are a little, I don't want to judge anybody, but they're just a little bit fucked up kind of. It, it's because you're probably fucked up. It's like where you're at is what you attract. And when you're feeling abundant and loving and beautiful and great, then you attract that. So while you're going through that healing, like the law of magnetism, you know, or moths to a flame, you're, you're, you're getting some weird shit, right? And theoretically, I mean, if you could presumably just like heal instantaneously and be good, you could maybe avoid that step. But things take time to process. And while you're processing it and you're in that other space, you're attracting the space that you are. So the best thing I can say to that is take the time to heal yourself before you get out there in the game again. You know, enjoy where you're at, love yourself, date yourself, heal, so that when you do enter the marketplace, you are now full and abundant and joyful and blissful and loving with gratitude so that you attract that. 
You know, there's another example of just manifestation or, or how about uh, money consciousness, right? So for the beginning of my artistic journey, I kind of demonized money. Um, you know, leaving Wall Street and going into art felt like a big change. And I was like, you know, money's the root of all evil and money's bad. And, you know, it, it uh, well, when you think like that, guess what happens? You don't attract money because you think it's bad. You're pushing it away the same way you, you know, to desire something or to reject something is the same action. It's not open. It's not accepting of what's coming to you. Um, then in the past couple of years, I've had a new level uh, a new phase of my artistic career where it's time to promote it and um, turn it into a business so I can get food for friends and family, you know. Um, that's pretty much all I need. I don't need it for a watch or a Lambo, but you, you need to eat to live, right? So you need money. I started realizing that money's not good or bad. It's a tool. It's what you do with it that makes it good or bad. So if you take your money and you do conquest and um, tribal warfare and... Um, you know, buying material things, it's probably going to leave you empty or, or, or negative. Whatever you do with the money determines whether it's good or bad. So that would be negative. And if you use the money you make to make more art and truth and to share it with loved ones and eventually accumulate enough that you can give back to the world, well, then money was a very good thing. You know, it's, it's what you make it is what it is. You know, it's a tool. It's a neutral tool. Um, so once I started thinking like that, now I've been attracting a lot of money towards myself. And it's not good or bad. It's just, you know, the law of attraction. Because I'm open in my money consciousness, I can attract it. Um, it's really neat how it works. And it's getting really fine-tuned lately where if I'm thinking about somebody in the morning, within an hour, they hit me. Um, if I know something's next in the steps that feel right to my soul, the universe kind of teams up to support it. It's, it's fucking amazing. After you know, a couple years of uh, difficult times from the COVID and falling on my head and all sorts of wild stuff. During that time, I attracted all sorts of flux because I was in flux, you know, so it's where you're at is what you attract. So when you see that happening in your own life, when you're feeling that intuitively, you know, it's another sense that we have as humans. We, we talk about sight, smell, touch, hearing, all the other senses, but we also have other senses that we just don't develop as much because of the material world we've built on top. Um, somebody told me the other day, um, there's some Native American tribes who have an intuitive nature to feel water um, under their feet. Like they just, they just know where to dig for the water. Because that was from years of living in Tao and nature and needing to do that for survival. We obviously have lost that because we go to uh, Publix or, or a grocery store to get our water or get it you know, piped in. But you know, that entunement, that natural, um, intuitiveness is another sense that we have as humans. And the more that you take time to hone that or work that out the same way you work out like your muscles or study to work out your brain, um, you, can, you can practice and enhance your intuitive sense. And, and that's your biggest tool in manifesting the blessings that you need in life and, and make life beautiful and sweet and joyful. Um, Personally, I don't like the word blessings. I have like a weird thing against it. It just sounds like egotistical or something. It sounds like Calvinism where you're chosen, you're special, you're blessed. I don't believe in that. I believe everybody's blessed. Everybody has the entombment for this thing that I'm talking about. Um, I like the words gratitude better and thankfulness where it just kind of makes you a little more subservient to Tao or God or nature or whatever it is, this thing that 
provides for us when you ask it. Um, I like that better than blessed because blessed just seems to be on the ego. But I'm getting into linguistics here. But so, in your own intuitive manifestation journeys, just feel it. Just feel it. You know, work it out, find it. You know, take a day where instead of making decisions based off of logic or making decisions based off of obligations, try to live just one day based on intuitiveness. What should I do next? Then do it. Ask God or, or Tao, what do I do next? And then do it. And just follow that. And what do I want to attract? And, and, and pray and put energy towards it. And I'm, I'm telling you, you're going to see the results. It comes to you. Um, I'm now down to, I can't even let myself have a negative sentence because I know that's going to send a little shockwave in this magnetism poem I got going. I don't even want a, a minute of it. You know, if I have an egotistical thought, like I rarely think this thought, but um, you know, I'm human, we all have them. Sometimes I'll be like, man, I'm the man. And then I immediately stub my toe or just spill something. It's like God or Tao being like, eh, all, all gratitude goes to God or Tao or whatever you want to call it, whatchamacallit. <laughs> You know, it's you just you can't let that ego seep in and you can't let that fear seep in. You just want to have a clean water with the Tao. And the more you're in tune with that water, each manifestation is just a ripple in it. So when you have the thought, it becomes a ripple and then it attracts. So be very careful with your thoughts. Don't beat yourself up and don't be hard on yourself. But follow this a little bit. See how it does for you. I think it'll help a little bit. Pragmatic Party is a vehicle for political commentary. I attempt to find the Tao of politics, right? When I refer to Tao, I mean the flow, the way, the pocket, you know, the flow state when you just feel like everything's going right. Um, the more you're in tune with it, the better your relationships go, the more efficient you are in pursuing your dreams and goals, and life just seems to have a little better balance and ease. Uh, when you're out of it, it's conflict and discord and emotionalism and all these other things. So I try to approach politics from a place of Tao, like what's the truth, not what's the partisan stories, not what the political narratives are, what's the truth of the situation, and how do we better navigate politics in a more harmonious fashion, right? That's the goal. Now I'm a human being, so naturally I make mistakes, my own bias comes in, but I try to do my best to find that and I call that the pragmatic party, right? It's pragmatism. It's, it's logic. It's not ideology. And on today's episode, I'd like to talk about COVID. Um, it's become politicized. I can't believe it. Uh, I, I thought it would have been like Independence Day where, you know, an, a foreign alien comes in and humanity finally binds together as one to defeat a common enemy. I would think that a virus is inherently bad, is inherently the bad guy. Uh, you would think you'd want to stop that. Uh, I'm not cool with just a little virus. Like It's like, I'm fine with some virus. It's a virus. They're bad. You don't want it. You do not want it. Um, it's the only thing I'm speciesist against, right? You know, I'm not racist against any type of human. But a virus, single-celled organism, it's one I don't fuck with, you know? Um, personally, my own experience with it... Um, I nearly died from it. Uh, in March of 2020, I got it for the first time. Uh, it caused seizures. I never had a seizure in my life, and I was 
Michael J. Fox in for two months. Um, legs flapping, uh, severe bedridden pneumonia, uh, was hospitalized with a blood clot. Uh, it was ugly. It was terrible. It was not pleasant. It was nothing like a flu or cold. You don't want it. Uh, the long haul effects of it felt like dementia for a couple months, impacted my speech. It was, it was really strange, T terrible experience. And it has these lingering effects that, you know, give you fatigue and stuff. It's, you, you don't want it. And then I got it a second time in December of 2020, six months later. So I can only uh, surmise from that that the antibodies don't last very long. Um, so from those decisions and um, places of experience, I decided to get the vaccine. And I'm glad I did. I didn't have any side effects. It even calmed the long haul effects. And I highly recommend anybody to get it. Um, at the same time, I don't believe in mandatory vaccines. I don't believe in people being forced to make a decision. If it's a good idea, it'll rise to the top, more people will do it. So I think it is a good idea. So I think more people will do it. The more you come into experience with others who have had it or died from it, the more you're gonna realize this is, this is some serious shit and I need to protect myself. Um, for those of you who are, are against vaccination and tend to think we should have kept the economy open and wanna be more open and get back to normal life, uh, I say thank you. You know, as opposed to demonizing you and saying you're wrong, I'm right, you're killing us. I appreciate you for reminding us that life must go on. We need that. You remind us that life must go on. We can't live in fear. Um, think outside the box. Be free thinkers. Don't just listen to the narratives. And I see where you're coming from. I mean, if you haven't had a personal experience with it, why would you know or think that it was bad? You would you just see what you see on the news. Um, and to those of you who are pushing for masking, social distancing, quarantines, testing, vaccination, I thank you too, because you remind us to take care of ourselves and be safe and think about the common good and what can be best for us as a society as a whole. So to me, those two different views are yin and yang. You need a little of both to navigate in your life. For me, the balance was get the vaccine and continue living. Uh, don't let my past experience with COVID scare me into not going for the future I deserve. Um, for those of you who um, don't believe in it as much or are against vaccination or might have had a personal experience yourself, maybe a family member uh, who had autism because of vaccination or some other side effect, um, you gotta understand that too. It's, to me, politics can become very personal. It's what happens in your life influences how you view about politics. Um, but the goal of the pragmatic party is to clear all that out and find the, the truth of the matter the essence of it, right? Um, so I, I, I really think we should stop demonizing each other and listen to each other and take a little bit from both and see how can we navigate this thing going forward. It's on everybody to make their own personal decisions. I believe in that. I don't believe in mandatory anything. Um, but also, you do got to wear a seatbelt. You know, you do got to get car insurance. So there's there, when you're in a common society, we have to agree on common rules on how we're going to deal with each other and certainly don't let it get to this civil war rhetoric you know that's fucking insane foul and utterly disgusting it's just to casually mention on facebook the idea of killing your brother or sister and comrade in your country over ideological divide 
We went through that once before in the 1800s. It was disgusting, it was foul, a lot of people died, and it was hurtful. So don't even go there. I think the second that you go to the idea of violence, it means your idea isn't good. If your idea is good, you don't feel violent about it. You know the idea will rise to the top if it's the right idea. So you becoming violent is actually proof that your idea is incorrect. Um, but what do I know? I don't know shit. I'm a doofus here trying to give my heart and soul to an idea that I believe in. And I hope all you join the pragmatic party. <laughs> Look, if the Democrats aren't good for you, the Republicans aren't good for you, here's a new one. Let's, let's be independent. Let's use logic over ideology. Let's use pragmatism. Come to honest, logical solutions that take a little from both and mold them together into a compromise and move forward. I, I still believe in that. Call me old school. Uh, I think it's the way to do it. But I love you all. God bless you. Thinking, I don't know shit. I don't know shit. Right now, 76. Thinking, I don't know shit. I don't know shit.